Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, some of the big news we are covering and looking at today. Uh, the Mega Millions lottery jackpot. Over a billion dollars now. And I, you may want to jump on it and play because a lot of people start doing that. And the only news I have is you're not going to win. And... L.A. County, uh, the mask mandate that was coming day after tomorrow may not, may not, a decline in cases. So uh, L.A. County Chief Barbara Ferrer, L.A. County uh, Health Department Chief Barbara Ferrer saying, oh, OK, we're going to look. We'll see what happens in the next couple of days. Now, uh, there is uh, a new chapter in uh, the world of uh, the January 6th insurrection. And for the first time, uh, the Justice Department is looking at Donald Trump himself. We haven't heard that before. What we've heard is the investigation uh, surrounds those people that uh, are around Donald Trump and certainly the insurrectionists themselves. And so there are two investigations going forward, and we don't want to conflate the two. One is the January 6th committee. That's not a criminal investigation. That's strictly political. Uh, out of that, uh, the, the committee doesn't have the right to even charge anybody criminally. It uh, is there just to ascertain whether or not uh, the malfeasance took place. Uh, they're arguing dereliction of duty. And, of course, uh, out of these congressional investigations, there have been two impeachments of President Trump. Now, the Justice Department is another animal. The Justice Department, this is a criminal investigation, And the argument is, or the question is, is did former President Trump commit criminal acts leading up to and even subsequent to the January 6th uh, insurrection, the attack on the Capitol? And it has to do uh, what he did uh, to overturn the 2020 elections, not the actual calling for the uh, the attack. I don't even think they're going in that direction because uh, that's kind of, you know, it's going to be hard to prove and it's intent, et cetera. However, the intent in uh, the attempt to overturn the election, that's pretty clear. You know, that one is sort of crystal clear. So prosecutors are questioning witnesses, and this is in front of a grand jury, including two top aides to Mike Pence. Uh, they've um, been asked in recent days about conversations with uh, Trump, his lawyers, others in the inner circle who bottom line wanted to substitute Trump allies for certified electors from some states that Joe Biden won. And here it is. It is they're arguing Justice Department is looking at pure fraud, lies. Trump knew that he had lost the election, knew the numbers and try to undo those numbers and even beyond that say what we're going to do is put up fake electors. We're going to replace those electors that were voted by Biden to have me elected president. Uh, If it is proved that that is interference 
with the uh, legal procedures involved in government, interfering with a governmental action, legal governmental action. I don't know the exact phrase. That's illegal. That's a crime. Stopping the United States from functioning. That's what this is about. By fraudulently involving electors that didn't exist and saying they're the true electors. Because the state legislatures can put them in and we're asking the state legislatures to ignore the electors that were voted by the people in the popular vote. You can't do that. Knowing, by the way, all of that is happening and simply saying, well, uh, yesterday at the rally, uh, he said uh, we won in 2016 and it was even bigger in 2020. We won by millions and millions of vote. It was a landslide. And that's his premise. It was a landslide victory by many millions of votes. I mean, there's a reality check there. And so the uh, the government, Department of Justice, is looking into it. They're looking at phone calls, phone records of officials and aides. I mean, it really raises the stakes. And, I mean, the president has never been particularly fond of the Justice Department or the FBI, even during the course of his presidency. Uh it's, it's no small deal. Uh, two principal tacks of the investigation. The first one centers on seditious conspiracy and, conspir- and conspiracy to obstruct a government proceeding. That's the exact phrase that uh, Donald Trump may have been maybe guilty of a conspiracy with others to obstruct a legitimate government proceeding. That's already been filed against some of the insurrectionists. Those are some of the charges that they were found guilty of and have gone to jail. And then the second allegation involves potential fraud associated with those false electors, that scheme uh, that uh, President Trump pressured uh, his allies and his aides. And that, and here's another one, he actually called on uh, attorney, uh, the uh, attorney general, and said to him, uh, you must declare the election fraudulent. Bill Barr, Bill Barr resigned over that. He said, I will not do that. It's not true. And the president said, it ordered him to do that. That is a criminal act. No former president has been char- ever has been charged with a criminal act And we'll see, and even potential, I mean, we know Richard Nixon committed a criminal act. We know Bill Clinton committed a criminal act, not in view of his presidency, just by lying about his sex. Richard Nixon committed a criminal act within the powers of the presidency. No charges. So we'll see what happens. Fascinating stuff, to say the least. Okay, uh, state agencies and police accountability. Let me tell you what's going on on that one. Interesting stuff. Uh, Well, uh, the mandate... That uh, we theoretically, and I now say theoretically, we're going to have on Friday, the mask mandate uh, may not happen. Uh, COVID cases actually have dropped. They were continuously going up. And uh, the rule in uh, the county of Los Angeles is if it goes up for two successive weeks, then mask mandate comes back. And it was happening. And then all of a sudden the cases started dropping over the last couple of days and we may uh, not have to have it. 
And also the uh, Mega Millions jackpot, now a billion dollars. So you can imagine how many people are going to be jumping on that one today. There's something going on in the state of California I want to share with you. And, uh, well, it has to do with police shootings of unarmed uh, people. Not necessarily just uh, African Americans, but in general, any unarmed suspect. And uh, there are about 20 a year that happen in California where clearly the police shoot and kill an unarmed person. Sometimes, I mean, there's about 100-something shootings. But some are armed uh, with the suspects. Some clearly uh, had something, fake guns, et cetera. Uh, About 20 are really questionable. And it used to be when uh, you had an unarmed, or up to this point, you had uh, an unarmed uh, victim or any police shooting, the investigation was local. Well, that changed in 2018. I mean, obviously, uh, the attention to police shooting uh, suspects, particularly uh, African-American suspects, young men, uh, changed everything. So what happened is state lawmakers, state lawmakers began taking a more active role and passed some laws. Uh, And uh, the point was improving policing in California and the laws mandated that the California Department of Justice and the uh, California Commission on Peace Officers Training uh, Standards and Training. That's post. That's what's known. Cops have to pass the post exam, uh, which is a statewide exam to be certified as a peace officer. Can't carry a gun without passing the post exam. Can't be a, po- a cop without passing it. And so now oversight is on a state level, at least investigation is on a state level. And so the Post people uh, missed a deadline to get police departments to speed up on new screening, for example, for police applica- for police applications. I mean, they're changing everything. It's now under state auspices because the argument was that if you have a local agency looking into a local police department, uh, yeah, how unbiased is that going to be? And uh, heretofore, uh, cops got away with a lot of stuff. I mean, the pendulum has probably swung, but the history of police officers mistreating suspects, and this is all before body cams showed, whoa, wait a minute, and dash cams sort of changed everything where accountability has uh, become, well, it's become much more realistic because they now have proof until uh, the body cams and dash cams came into being, until, uh, until video came. Now, if the police encounter anybody, any any witness there immediately whips out a cell phone and let's video what's happening. Before, it was the cop's word. Someone was beaten to a pulp, brought into prison, on you know, a DUI or whatever, brought into jail. It was, uh, oh, yeah, we beat him up because he was resisting arrest. He was attacking us. And it was just the cop's word. And, of course, uh, the authorities believed the cops. It was a given. Well, that's changed. And as a result of all of that, you uh, also have the new laws by the state in which uh, the attorney general's office and the people uh, at the California Commission on Peace Officer Standards and Training, we're going to call them the post people, are now overseeing or investigating. And here's the problem. Uh, They have to investigate every single cop shooting. 
Well, the state AG, uh, Rob Bonta, said to the legislature, okay, we'll do that, but we are so short of investigators, we can't even begin to comply. We need $26 million just for our investigations. If you want the state AG's office to investigate, we're going to need a bunch more investigators and we need $26 million. They got 13. They got half of what they wanted. And one of uh, the assembly people, a guy by the name of uh, Kevin McCarthy, not McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy out of Sacramento, uh, voted uh, against spending any more money than uh, 13 million, said, hey, you've got a budget of billions of dollars. You know, find it somewhere. And Bonta is said, no, we don't have it. If you need the investigations, we're going to go forward. Same thing with the Post people. They need investigators because this is all about investigation. We're not talking about the Justice Department prosecuting. That's after the evidence is produced. I'm just talking about the, the very investigation has been turned over to the state because of the recent political outfall because uh, or fallout uh, because of simply the change that we look with police departments, uh, the uh the need for accountability, and simply the way the view the public has towards the police. I mean, it has changed. The police departments used to be enormously treated. The, the cop on the street was uh, one of the most revered characters in our society. I mean, that, you know, that cop on the beat, man, that just everybody loved him. Well, it turned out that there were a lot of issues, and of course— uh, the killing of George Floyd and uh, the shootings and uh, the the deaths that occurred and the maltreatment that occurred and the demonstrations, all of it brought it into a very different phase. And so, uh, as I said, I think the I think the pendulum has swung. Where today, uh, it doesn't matter what a police officer does, police officer can do no right. If there is the shooting of an unarmed. Uh, usually unarmed, let's say African-American man, it is an execution. doesn't matter if any reasonable person can see that it's easy to anticipate a gun was being brought out or it could have been a weapon. doesn't matter. Actually, I think it doesn't matter if a suspect takes a shot at you. There are people that would argue you could have tased him, you could have gotten behind a wall, you could have asked for backup. Well, uh, yeah. I told you, the pendulum has swung. Jim Bryan comes up, uh, and we're going to talk about school shootings, which we've done before, but using artificial intelligence as a weapon. That's a new one. We'll come back with that. Uh, in light of the school shootings, uh, we talk a lot about security. For example, in Uvalde, there wasn't enough security. There were all kinds of holes in the um, security. Doors weren't locked, etc. So uh, that's all low-tech. There's some new high-tech versions of school security that are coming down the pike. And uh, Jim Ryan, ABC News correspondent who's with us uh, quite often, has uh, been looking at this. Jim, thank you for uh, joining us. And explain what's happening, this sort of new chapter in school security. Yeah, Bill. Well, schools, like a lot of other industries, are depending more on artificial intelligence. And there are some solutions out there tailored for schools. For example, taking existing surveillance cameras inside schools, adapting them, adding software so that they can see into backpacks. 
to see if kids are carrying something that they shouldn't be carrying. It's very much like the technology at the airport. Hold your arms up. The radar device rotates around your body, gives an immediate picture of what you may or may not be carrying. Uh, this would do the similar thing, uh, except involving kids and backpacks and, and other things that could be carried on, onto campus. But, I mean, you point something out there, and that is that even if you have technology like that in place, high technology to keep an eye on things inside a, a school, if there's a door propped open or the, the, the automatic lock doesn't work or, or for some reason, even the best technology isn't going to thwart a, a shooter from coming in and creating mayhem. So the answer seems to be, or an answer seems to be, combining the two, doing as good a job as you can on the low-tech side, mm-hmm. fencing, maybe metal detect- detectors going in, teachers being more aware, uh, doors locking, which didn't happen in Uvalde, and a combination of this uh, high-tech stuff. Now, what's fascinating is using existing cameras and adding software. Now, when you do the airport business, your hands go up in the air and you can't have anything in your pockets and the device circles around you. That is some pretty sophisticated high-end equipment. It is. So how effective would the cameras be in school? I would think it would be very rudimentary. Well, it, these, you know, it, it apparently works, and there are a lot of smart people who have been looking at this stuff and taking these existing cameras and and uh, uh, pairing them with this kind of technology involving radars, and and it seems to work. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's kind of nebulous to me. I don't understand how it works, but it just seems to work. And there are school districts that are adopting this. Colorado has several schools that now are trying this out. Um, the company that I talked with yesterday. They said that it's marketing that along with um, license plate readers. We all know about license plate readers. If you drive on a tollway, you know what, what those are about. Some businesses and now some schools are employing those so that if somebody comes through the, the pickup or the drop-off at a school, the license plate is read and checks out or either or doesn't check out on a master list of parents who will be picking up their kids or dropping off. If not, then a, a human being comes out and checks on that. There's always the human element uh, to backstop what's happening with AI. I would assume that facial recognition technology would be incorporated fairly quickly because you can easily tell who should not be on campus if uh, the database uh, recognizes everybody who is. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's that's a part of it, too. Then you start running into pr- some privacy issues. And in fact, uh, the, the backpack reader, for example, the images that come from that would blur the faces, very much like Google street images. You know, you, you see a street image on Google and you see everything except people's faces and license plates. Uh, this kind of technology might be able to blank out faces so that you're not violating people's privacy. Yeah, and the good news when it comes to students and privacy, students have far less privacy legally, especially in schools, than you and I would, uh, even in uh, public places. Interesting stuff. And uh, how quickly is this uh, being incorporated? I mean, is there a massive movement for schools to pick this up? Not massive, but there are different businesses and companies, tech firms that are are vying for that business out there, trying to make it affordable for districts that uh, even on the, the smaller end can afford this kind of thing. So watch for it in the next few years to really take off. All right. Thank you much. Uh, I know you have to run. You've got another hit to do. So I appreciate it. Jim Ryan, uh, ABC News correspondent covering this. And Jim's based out of Dallas. 
and uh, he has become our go-to guy when it comes to, uh, unfortunately, school shootings and uh, kids uh, uh, getting killed. It's horrible. Quick word, uh, what's going on with gas prices, as Jason has uh, just uh, said, uh, 43rd uh, straight day of gasoline prices dropping. I'm not going to tell you about the national average or the state average. Who cares? It's local. And L.A. County and Orange County, uh, and then if you're in Linda Ventura, it's pretty close. Uh, L.A. County uh, gas price is now five seventy three a gallon, and Orange County it's five sixty four a gallon. Usually, it's only a penny difference uh, here, a penny or two between Orange County and L.A. County. Big difference here. And uh, the other day, uh, I went. I actually went to Costco, stood in line, uh, or. Parked in line to get gasoline, I paid five thirty nine a gallon, and that that was uh, when was that? That was uh, last week. So uh, I'm assuming the gasoline prices are going to be even lower there. Go figure, right? That's all good news. All right, coming up, I want to do a story about strawberry fields forever. And California, you know, we produce ninety percent of the strawberries across the country, and technology has come to. Uh, to harvesting uh, strawberries. And I'll tell you why it's so difficult. I'll tell you why this is one of the last crops and the most difficult crops to harvest. I mean, we've talked about technology coming to grain and potatoes. That's easy. Uh, This, when it talks about strawberries, is a whole different animal, and that's coming right up. And then handle in a house whisper. Since it is uh, Wednesday at 9.30, we'll do a segment with uh, Dean Sharp. A couple of big stories that are trending. Uh, First of all, the giant Mega Millions lottery is now over a billion dollars. That's the lottery win. Uh, Last night's drawing, nobody won. I don't know how many, this is what, 28, 29 or something straight uh, pulls at the lottery and no one's won. Big chances, right? Uh, But you can imagine as many people are going to be buying lottery tickets today. And uh, prices, gas prices, here's a fun one, 43rd straight day uh, dropping. 573 a gallon in LA County, five only 564 a gallon, nine cents difference. And that is a, uh, that's a big difference uh, between LA and Orange County. So it's strawberry season, and uh, yeah, I'll tell you why strawberries are so important to us. First of all, they're great, and I eat them, and you eat them probably, but 90% of the entire nation's strawberries comes from the California coast, you know, a little bit up north. And one of the things about strawberries, they're really difficult to pick. And when it comes to technology, uh, already in uh, farming, I mean, the technology is there. Robotics are there. They go and pick uh, potatoes and wheat and all of that. Well, strawberries are a very different animal, but there is a company, uh, Colorado actually, called Tortuga Ag Tech that actually created a robot that picks strawberries. And I'll tell you why it's a story. Just uh, listen to this and why it's a fairly big deal in the world of strawberries, at least. And the robot moves between uh, these elevated beds. Usually the strawberries are on the ground. That's a big difference. And then stops in front of a plant. And then an arm comes out, maneuvers uh, among the leaves of the strawberry plant. And then you have machine vision software uh, scours the data that it has accumulated in search of ripe berries. Now, I'll tell you what's difficult about strawberry picking is strawberry plants sprout constantly constantly. 
Some ripen quicker than others. So literally, if uh, you're going to pick strawberries and it's the middle of the season, some will be ripe, some won't be ripe, and you have to pick the strawberries all season long. And it is, uh, I mean, you've got to see which ones are ripe. You have to leave the ones that are green alone. Uh, Obviously, they're very fragile. So if it's going to be machinery, it has to be very delicate. And so in this case, uh, the Tortuga Ag Tech Machine, uh, it, uh, for example, let's say it, uh, it sees an unripe berry. Uh, well, the robot repositions itself, better angle, and then a snipper grabber uh, goes in and cuts the stem and then gingerly places it in a waiting plastic sort of bin. And it is really difficult stuff. But I want to tell you why it's so important. Uh, it started this past May. And uh, robots clearly on their way to picking nearly as many berries as human pickers. Uh, 95% accuracy this little puppy has. And here's the pitch to growers. We're going to charge you a flat fee, basically the same per box that's picked of strawberries, about the same rate that you would pay a human worker, a human picker. Except the difference is our bot doesn't need any breaks, uh, can't get sick, always ready to work can pick all day and way into the night. Matter of fact, probably all night. And so it makes a lot of sense. So uh, the team behind Tortuga also says that these agricultural robots uh, are a lot more than just labor-saving devices that can cut costs and boost margins. Uh, But this is the only way that you're going to see this entire industry move forward. You've got Climate change is making it more difficult to grow water rights, labor struggles, land use, chemical regulation, which is a very big deal. And so what's going on with this? Well, the CEO of uh, Tortuga is saying that these robots are proving cost effective. Uh, They're not. Uh, The company is brand new. It's already raised $28 million and now looking for more Uh, infusion of money. It's already built thousands of robots, it says. And uh, he says also that this robotic labor supply is going to be a key for the future of growing strawberries all over the country. That, in fact, you're going to see many, many more strawberry fields. Uh, But here's the problem right now. Uh, The robots can only pick strawberries from plants grown on hydroponic tabletops, not the ground. So already have a real problem because this is the early stages. Now, tabletop systems are popular in the Netherlands and the UK uh, for a whole number of reasons, and they use some non-soil substrate, actually uh, shredded coconut husks in this case, in the Santa Maria farm where this is happening. And they have to have tunnels where the plants grow and... Here's why they want to do tabletops. In the ground, uh, you have to use some pretty heavy chemicals to keep the uh, fungi and uh, to keep um, the viruses away. And those are on the way out. It's getting more and more difficult to use those. The pathogen load builds up. People eat uh, the strawberries with this fumigation. That's becoming well-regulated. That's going to be off the table. And you're going to find that... Uh, This kind of hydroponic planting is the wave of the future. 
add hydroponic planting in which much less land is used to create uh, the same amount of whatever agricultural goods. And they can even do it, uh, you've seen drawings, I think there are buildings where there are high rises that have hydroponic plants. So the footprint where it would take acres and acres to produce the same amount of produce is now the footprint of a simple building that goes up eight, ten stories. I mean, that's, that is the future. On top of that, if you look at uh, that kind of very efficient planting, combine that with robotics and technology, uh, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, uh, you are uh, not going to see many much ground-based uh, planting, uh, the acreage. Uh, it's, it's just, and it's going to be more efficient and will be able to produce more food. That's the future. That's the future. That's the good part of technology. Fewer chemicals or no chemicals are going to be needed. The efficiency is incredible. The water, and keep in mind, we're going to have water wars. The water use in a hydroponic uh, building, for example, is minuscule compared to what has to be used on uh, on the ground, the acreage. So uh, it's robotics. And, oh, incidentally, let me tell you how expensive it is with uh, picking berries this way. Right? Uh, it costs about $35,000, $45,000 right now to harvest an acre of strawberries traditionally. With our new Tortuga Ag Tech and the tabletops and uh, the tunnels, it's about $100,000. Okay, fair enough. It's in its infancy, but it's there. Coming up, uh, talking about food, you know how much food we waste? Of course we do, but I want to give you some hints, some real help for the food waste issue. That's coming up right here. KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.